Alexa, play that Amazon ads podcast. Which one would you like to hear? The best one. Okay, now playing that Amazon ads podcast. These gentlemen are completely changing the game. After listening to that Amazon ads podcast, my ads are finally profitable. I also heard they're pretty cute. All right, everybody, welcome back to That Amazon Ads Podcast. Back this week for another episode with a very special guest. We're bringing him back on. We had him on for a debate, stellar debate, and uh, we're here to introduce Mina Elias. How's it going, man? Good, man, good. By the way, since that debate uh, episode, I've had like three or four people reach out saying that they wanted to do uh, like debate, more debate episodes. Like, uh, And I was like, wow, you guys like set the trend. <laughs> yeah, we, the, you know, there were a couple other people doing debates. Uh, they beat us to the punch by like one or two weeks, which we were bummed about. But we plan to make it a, a regular recurring thing. And, it, and also, I mean, we were talking about, you and I were, were DMing on LinkedIn about our next topic for a debate, which would be, well, we were saying, should you, can broad match keywords get a lower CPC on an exact match search term? Dude, I think people still don't understand like how broad phrase and exact works it's so crazy right because it's like dude you come in and you're like why i i ran these keywords exact match it's it people are like so delusional they think they have control on amazon you don't have control you're you're literally you have no control it's like you're in a there's a huge tornado and dude you're just trying to survive like that's it so people are like well you know i just i exact matched all of my main keywords i'm like Good luck, dude. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think of that. That's great. Well, be careful. I don't, I don't know if you could tell by Andrew's face, but he was not amused because he's on the he's on the flip side of this. Oh, of this well, I think I think it's a nuanced discussion, and I think a lot of people are perpetuating a discussion that isn't helpful for a lot of people. And I think there's a lot of nuance in there that needs to be kind of discussed because you can't just be throwing things out there like I get cheaper CPCs on my broad match. Because everything's at a search query level. And so if you actually try to do that, you actually try to run an experiment, you know, and, and really dial in into where you're just targeting an individual search term in broad match, it's virtually impossible. But anyway, yeah. Well, it's it's a conversation for another debate. Yeah, yeah. It needs a debate. It'd be fun. It'd be a good one for people <laughs> too, I think. Maybe we'll do a we'll do a two V two or it'll be like me and Mina versus Andrew and Someone I gotta else. find hey, somebody. I gotta find yeah. somebody who who agrees, man. Like it's tough out there. <laughs> yeah. If if you would like to uh, join the debate, leave a comment and and say me. Do it. All right. So Mina, the the real reason why we are here today is is not to debate, but to just learn from you. Uh, this is something Andrew and I we we uh, we've interacted with you some, and and we realize there's a lot of things that we could learn from you and we figured might as well just like put a mic in front of you while we ask you some questions so that everyone else can can get a chance to learn too but for people who who didn't catch your debate on ai versus manual bidding optimizations go back and listen to that but um they also might not know exactly who you are you know so why don't you just give us like a really quick just kind of like 10 second refresher maybe 15 seconds of just like what you do in the amazon space yeah cool so i started in the amazon uh, space in 2018 i started a supplement brand um, you know, by trade, I was a chemical engineer and chemist. I was working corporate, hated it, decided to start a supplement brand because I was an MMA fighter, uh, called it MMA Nutrition. Um, and then uh, 
failed at selling it at gyms and stores. I uh, figured I'd get it on Amazon because that's where I buy all my supplements. Got it on Amazon, became fully obsessed with how to make it work because it was my ticket out of like corporate slavery. Uh, made it work. You know, I, it was making like $4,000 a month in profits. I got fired from my job like six months into starting the business. Uh, packed my shit, went to Egypt uh, to like reinvest everything back into the business. Got it to seven figures, you, you know, or, or like moved back to LA, got it to seven figures. Uh, started, you know, COVID hit. I started sharing things like that I've learned of how to, how I grew my brand with like $500 on a credit card and, and um, you know, not knowing anything, didn't, didn't do a course, nothing, because I didn't know any of this world existed. Uh, so I shared all of my learnings, all of my pain, all of my mistakes. People loved it. Uh, you know, I grew a personal brand. And then uh, later in the year, uh, this aggregator hit me up to train their in-house team. They wanted me to run one of their brands as proof. I ran it for a few months. Uh, and then they told me that I beat six other agencies that they had hired. Um, and then, you know, there has been a huge demand for me to run people's brands. So I ended up starting Trivium Group uh, in early 2021 as an Amazon advertising agency. And then two years later, we have 80 employees, 81 employees, 155 brands under management. And um, yeah, we're full full stack. Uh, that's just crazy. Helping brands grow. Yeah, that's, I didn't, that's I, the story. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize it was it was only since 2021 that you got to those numbers. That's a massive accomplishment. Yeah, May, May 2021 was my first, besides the aggregator, my first actual client. Nice. Very Dang. cool. I mean, I think we, we have a lot of questions. That's probably... The rest of this episode will just be us asking more, more details around specific things that you just said. First of all, I don't, I don't think Andrew, did we know that that Mina did MMA before? I did not know that you did MMA. I feel like I heard you say MMA nutrition one time, and I was like, huh, that's interesting, and like just kind of passed my, passed my thoughts. You but look like you do MMA. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see <laughs> now, it. Now we see the nose is is messed up and all that. <laughs> oh no, I didn't mean that. I just mean like you gotta, you gotta. You look like you could handle someone as well. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I train hard every, every like uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Wrestling, jiu-jitsu, striking on Saturdays. Uh, I still train like very competitively. Nice. Nice. Are you like competing at all or just, just training? The last time I competed was 2019 and then COVID hit. And then um, I had like, I got COVID and pneumonia. So I had a lung surgery. So I was out for a while. I'm getting like, I'm back. Uh, but I haven't competed since then. I'll probably do more jujitsu tournaments. I'm I'm definitely done with MMA. Like it's it's a lot, you know. And and you have to be sure. super disciplined. And like I honestly don't think I have the discipline to like turn everything down for like six months when I like I'm traveling like every other month and going to conferences and being you know wine and dined and stuff like that every other week. So it's like yeah, I don't think I'm gonna compete in MMA in jujitsu definitely. Yeah, jujitsu competitions are fun for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Which cool, business is, is more profitable, competing in MMA or MMA nutrition? Oh, dude, I, I lost money competing in MMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So one thing that I that I did kind of wonder is, um, but kind of before we get into, because I've got a lot of questions around just like growing an agency and that's like extremely rapid growth. Um, so I definitely have a lot of questions there. But before we kind of dive in, something we were talking about before we hit record. So I haven't heard your answer yet, but we were talking about this. But we were saying, what are some what are some of the major trends or even major red flags that you've been observing in the Amazon space? And this could be from, from any side of things. This could be from like the Amazon business side, from the Amazon advertising side. But just what are some like red flags, some like warning signs? Because there's just been so many changes happening on Amazon, especially this year. So what are some things that people should be aware of just 
that, that if you could, you would want to warn people against or at least just like call it out. Yeah, cool. So two things I want to cover. The first thing is, um, I'm sure everyone's feeling this, like the margin deterioration uh, since like Chinese competitors are coming in. <laughs> I think the, the first big thing is more and more Chinese competitors are coming in and Chinese like manufacturers are hitting me up saying that they want my help to start a, a U.S. LLC and pretend that they are a U.S. company and then we'll run everything and then they're manufacturing things dirt cheap, like going direct, you know, manufacture to consumer. Um, so mm -hmm. they're basically going to undercut everyone on price. So mm -hmm. when you know that you can't win on price, you have to start thinking, uh, you know, two things. Number one, how can you win uh, elsewhere? And number two, uh, IP, uh, like, globally like so ip in china and and you know other manufacturing countries and in the us so one thing that i would start doing is if you're you know getting into it you're launching more products um make sure that you have some sort of like intellectual property design patents utility patents obviously easier said than done um but maybe even like custom molds things like that something that makes you stand out significantly and get all of that ip protected in china uh they do take it seriously so the second that you yeah. know say, hey, we're, we're like, you know, this is our IP, you can't manufacture this, they can no longer come in uh, to the U.S. market because they know, like, I mean, China takes the regulations seriously. It's not like, uh, you know, a Wild West there. It kind of is, but, like, you can shut people down for, you know, infringing on IP. And then the second thing is, like, figuring out where else you can win because it's like, okay, if we're both selling a $30 product and my competitor comes in, like, I mean, the cost of goods sold, let's say, is $5. Uh, and, you know, if they come in at a dollar, they can cut you by four dollars. So where can you have an advantage? Um, and then this takes me to like my second point, which is I think there there is zero room for error anymore on Amazon. Mm. Uh, like I remember like back in the days, like Google and Facebook and, the, you know, those places, you would put up these ads and like they would scale like crazy. Everyone told me this, like you, they would put up a Facebook ad and they would keep the same creative for like a year. Now they're telling me like they need to churn through creatives like every two days, right? Because mm -hmm. of churn, because of creative like uh, an ad fatigue and things like that. And so Facebook is just ahead of Amazon. Amazon now got to this point where every manufacturer in the company, every manufacturer in the country wants to get on Amazon. Everyone who was like focused on retail is coming in. Every aggregator is coming in. Uh, like there's like institutional capital coming in. Uh, the Nestle and, and all of those like big, big, you know, like uh, traditional aggregators are coming in. So there's no no more like room um, for like being like anywhere sloppy. Like I'm seeing people launching and I'm looking at their listings and the main image isn't optimized uh, enough with like data. Like when, when you put them up, like there's no excuse. If you ha if you right now have a product, there's no excuse that your main image is not better than your competitors because you have a chance. You can go you know, take your main image, split test it, uh, you know, a hundred times on PicFu, whatever, go into manage my experiments. And now your main image is better than everyone else. And then three months in six, six months later, they're going to, you know, your competitors are going to beat you. And it's this continuous cycle, you know, same with your rest of images, your videos on your listing, every piece of your, your listing, there's no excuse for you not to have premium A plus content right now. You know, how many, you know, how many percent of listings have premium A plus, like maybe one, 2%, like why? Just go submit your, your A-plus content, get every single SKU to have a brand story, go get your premium A-plus content. And so I think there's no more room for error. And on top of that, 
I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's like a, a billion Amazon agencies popping up. And so, and, and they're popping up like also natively in like Eastern Europe and all this stuff. So they, they have like cheap prices. So everyone who's trying to sell on Amazon, not only, you know, uh, like, are you competing with the big dogs, but even the small people have access to agencies. And so it's become a very competitive uh, landscape. So, which means like you can win, right? But you need to be perfect on everything. You need to have really good main image. Uh, you know, always think about what's your next iteration for packaging. Um, your listing images should sell perfectly. You should have really good, you know, uh, videos. Your title, your bullet points, SEO optimized, readable, nice to see. Um, you know, A plus content, uh, like you have the brand story, you have premium A plus, sells the product very well. Uh, you should be like, I know that you can find the best competitor in your in your category and then find a designer for like 500 bucks to a thousand bucks max and they can revamp everything. It just people need to put in the work, right? It's just it's a lot harder uh, than it used to be. You can't like it used to be nice, right? In 2018, when I launched, it wasn't even the good days, right? It was past the gold rush. But I put some like ugly ass gold bag with a sticker on it and it was work, you know, and and. My my um, images were all done by some random person from Fiverr, and it was still like making sales, like 20, 10, 20 units a day. I there's no way. Like now, there's no way I would be dead because everyone, even the the people who are just launching, they have access like no no limit creatives. Gives you like top level uh, like graphic design for five hundred bucks a month. So it's like you know you there like the competition level is just you know like in the UFC right where like whatever, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it used to be like they all sucked. Like a, a pro and a world champion back then will get destroyed by an amateur fighter now because just the the level is just improving and getting better and better. So those are the negative trends that I'm seeing uh, right now on Amazon is, is you're competing with China. And so you need to have a solution for that. Either you have uh, like products that aren't uh, made in China, supplements, food, skincare, cosmetics, things like that, that like, yeah, you can make from China, but most people don't want to uh, make it in China uh, or you have some sort of IP and then you there's no no room for like error like you have to be on point on every part of your listing very good Andrew and I were taking notes over here on our little shared shared Google Doc Andrew did you have any follow-ups to that or do you no not really not really any uh, follow-ups to that just kind of an acknowledgement of, of kind of what you're saying man like we definitely have seen that with several clients uh, Chinese competitors coming in undercutting on price and it and it causes us to kind of have to come up with creative ways to try to compete and stay ahead and stay on that cutting edge and and optimizing in ways that those companies maybe aren't and just finding those areas where we can compete so I think there's a lot of uh, really good stuff in there um, I've even heard of some brands that are like they have like a, a premium brand version and then they're launching lower priced versions as well to kind of offset and compete with those Chinese brands. So there's, there's a lot of that going on simply due to those new sellers coming in. But um, yeah, to kind of like back it up a little bit, I, I'd love to hear um, a little bit about what it's like to start a brand from scratch on Amazon and some of the growing pains that maybe you went through in building that and like stuff you had to learn uh, in that process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna so, I'm gonna add to that really, really quick. Mina, you know, take us back to like the like the super beginning. Just like even like how do you how did you even know where to where you were gonna get the manufacturing from? Like how did okay. you even figure that out? You know, you, you guys want to get into story time? I got you. Yeah, got story yes. time. So, so th this is this is exactly like the story time, right? 
So I was sitting in a cafe in Egypt on vacation, summer vacation with my parents. Uh, and I'm like researching a bunch of supplements. So my dad asked me like why I don't have a supplement brand. Um, and I, I thought that was going to be super expensive. Anyways, long story short, I figured that it, that it's actually not that expensive. I looked at raw ingredients, like bulk, uh, supplements.com on Amazon. And I'm like, dude, I can mix this shit up and it would cost four to $5. I think it was $4 in raw material, including the bag and the sticker. And I could sell it like my, my top competitors were 25 to $30 range. I could undercut them being $20 range and be profitable. Right? So I ordered the stuff at home and I started mixing it and I, you know, pretty much mixed it manually, tried it on myself. Um, then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to start, you know, selling it in gyms. I literally went to a bunch of gyms and a bunch of stores and they all kind of like looked at me like, you know, who's this guy? Right. Like, uh, and so they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll take one or like, oh no, actually like we don't have a, we can't sell at this gym or something. And, you know, obviously they're selling like drinks and stuff, but, um, you know, I just basically got rejected and I'm like, I have a full-time job. I can't afford to keep going to all these different places and, and get rejected. So I'm like, all right, I need to figure out how to sell on Amazon and, and actually even crazier, right? I did my soft launch, which was November 2nd. Um, and it was at an MMA event and my friend basically lied to everyone. My friend who was with me and he says, Mina's going to be on Amazon soon. Just look out for the product. And because I showed up there with like 40 products. And everyone asked me, where can I buy this? Because they didn't want to buy it on the spot. And I didn't even have an e-commerce website. I had a website with no buy button, no, no add to cart, nothing. It, like, Very it was nice. Just, <laughs> it was like just pages, you know? And, and um, obviously complete noob, dude. I was, I was a killer like engineer, but I didn't know anything about business. So um, I went home and I'm, and I'm like researching, like, how do I sell on Amazon? How do I sell on Amazon? And then I started like reading all these crazy articles where you have to get pay $3,000 to get ungated for supplements and all this shit. So I, I'm, I'm like, yo, this is confusing. I'm calling Amazon. I literally called Amazon a hundred times until I got connected to seller central from the buyer support line or, or some telephone number that was publicly available. Finally, they connected me to seller central seller central. And they're like, sure, man, we'll help you get started. Like I'll send you a packet in your email. What's your email? So they send it to my email account. Uh, I open it up and it's like steps, how to sign up to uh, Seller Central and all this stuff. So I sign up and yeah, I go in, I put all of my information, all of this stuff. And again, like this was like just my company ID and then it's all my personal, like my personal credit card, my personal home address, everything. Um, I'm on and, and then I'm like, I'm watching videos on YouTube, like how do I add uh, a listing? So I go in, I find how to add a listing, you know, you got to buy a UPC, make, you know, okay, let's go to GS1 barcode, buy a UPC. I'm following all the steps. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty much done, but they're like, okay, you need to get ungated for this category. Um, you need to upload a certificate of analysis and, a, and an invoice. So I mess, I messaged like 30 manufacturers basically, um, to get quotes. Everyone was like thousand dollars, a thousand units minimum, you know, $8 per year. I'm like $8,000, bro. I'm broke. Like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. There's no way I can, I can do this. Like maybe I'll put like a couple thousand on my card, uh, my credit card, but I can't put like $8,000. I, I don't know if this is going to work. So uh, anyways, I'm trying to get ungated. So this one Chinese manufacturer was super responsive. And I don't even know why I, I messaged a Chinese manufacturer. Later on, I realized it's a very bad idea to, you know, go to China for supplements. So I said, listen, um, I need to sell on Amazon. They won't let me sell unless I have a certificate of analysis and an invoice. So he gave them to me, you know, even though I didn't buy anything from him, he just like created them. I submitted them to Amazon. 
They got rejected like four times. On the fifth time, it got approved. And so I'm like, okay, finally I'm in. And I was literally about to buy everything. Uh, like I, I searched the internet, right? And I'm like, where can I buy bulk sodium you know, carbonate and potassium carbonate and magnesium oxide and whatever, like all these different ingredients in bulk, the cheapest. And I had this like spreadsheet matrix. And I'm like, this, you know, one company, it seems like it has the cheapest uh, prices. So, and I calculated and I told my roommate, because my roommate was a full-time MMA fighter. He used to work like part-time at Costco. I'm working full-time. So I'm like, I'll pay you if, you know, to mix this, I'll give you the ingredients, mix it up. I'll give you the ratios and all this stuff and then package it. And then with a, like a clothing iron, you're going to seal the bags and put the sticker wow. on. <laughs> Dang, was, and this was... I was literally going to do that. And then I, I'm like, you know what? I was I was in the bathroom at MMA and I'm like, let me just text this guy. And I text him uh, the, the one that I'm buying the supplements. I'm like, hey, I'm about to buy like some some like raw ingredients from you. Would, like how much would it cost if you made a mix for me? He's like, what's the formula? I sent him the formula. He's like $5. I'm like, yo, like that's exactly how much it was going to cost me if I paid my roommate. I'm like, I might as well have this manufacturer do it. And it, honestly, it was like a very like, it wasn't a manufacturer. It was like a guy who had like a part of his apartment as a manufacturing, something like that. Like I, I looked at Google Maps or, you know, and, and it definitely wasn't like super legit. So anyways, I'm like, okay, cool. Like um, he's like, how many do you want? I'm like, a hundred question mark. He's like, yeah, sure. We can do a hundred. I'm like, dude, like this guy, like this is amazing. So basically I sent him uh, packaging, right? Like, uh, like bags from amazon.com direct to his warehouse. And I bought like stickers from this print shop near my office and I shipped it to his warehouse. And then he manufactured the stuff, filled it up and sent me like a picture. And I was like, oh my God, this, like, this looks amazing. And they shipped it to Amazon. And we never tested the like the um, durability of the bags and 60 out of the 100 units broke in transportation. Oh, yes. Not like Amazon, but from Amazon to the customer. So I started getting all these emails and I'm like freaking out, dude. And, and, um, then I'm like, shit, like, let me just do another hundred. So I ordered another hundred. Um, and then I remember, like, I was watching Samer Brax's video. And he's like, here's like, you know, you go into x-ray, go into whatever Cerebro. You see the CBR, if it says eight, uh, then, you know, you, you are going to give away eight a day. And then if you do that for a week or two weeks, you're going to rank the top of page one. I'm like, dude, I got it. So I go, I, go, I log in, <laughs> I look. And for electrolyte powder, it was like, you know, 68 or something per day. It's some like crazy number like that. It was like uh, 82 per day. Some, some shit. I'm like, dude, I can't give 82 per day. I'm like, you know what? Let me just do whatever I can. I'm going to text all of my friends and I'm going to offer them the product. Like I'll Venmo them the money in exchange for them leaving me a review because I knew reviews were super important. So I started DMing every single person for like, like every day for like hours. I, anyone that I knew, I'm like, yo, I just launched on Amazon. I would love to give you the product for free. Give me your Venmo. Here's a link to the product. Buy it. I'll send you the money. And then please like leave me a review. It's going to make a, a huge difference. And then that's essentially what I did. And then the final video I watched on, on um, YouTube was like launch an auto campaign and launch like a, a broad phrase and like a, one campaign with one ad group broad, one ad group phrase, one ad group exact. Make them like $1, $2, $3 bids, like, you know, just some random stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah. perfect. Dollar budgets. And then it just started spending $100 a day and making $100 a day. And I'm like, dude, I'm making like money. You know what I mean? And, and uh, <laughs> it's crazy. But obviously, I didn't understand like ROAS. I didn't understand like that I was losing money with every sale. I thought I was breaking even. And then I'm like, yeah. wait, a, wait a minute, dude. 
there is like cost of goods involved. I'm not breaking even. I'm losing the cost. Of, but I'm like, ah, whatever. It's like I'm losing $50 a day. Not too bad. And then and then I'm like, oh, shit, there's Amazon fees, too. And I'm I'm realizing like I'm losing like $100 a day. So that's essentially like my start into Amazon. And then yeah, like this obsessive uh, like learn everything. Learn. I, I was in like six Facebook groups. Uh, I don't even know how I found the first. Oh, I think it was I watched Samer's YouTube, Samer Brax. I got into his Facebook group because he said in the channel, like, join the Facebook group. And I literally asked like five questions a day. And I'm like, you know what? My answers, are, my questions aren't being answered fast. enough. So I found related groups because like, you know, Facebook suggests you these other groups. I joined them and then I just started asking questions, asking questions and reading every single comment. And I was just, I would like take the knowledge and apply it, take the knowledge and apply it. And that was my start, dude. That was my start. And, and, um, and like, I, okay, so you want to hear this, right? Like this was my biggest, oh shit moment. And so I, I called this big agency when I, when I was like doing maybe $4,000 a month in revenue and it was Tenuity. And I'm like, I called them and I'm like, Hey, like, I want to work with you guys. Like I have an Amazon brand. Like how much do you charge? And they're like, okay, tell us like how much do you spend and how much revenue? So I told them and, and they're like, ah, you're kind of like too small for us. The minimum that we would charge is like 3000, something like that. But they sent me a bunch of resources. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like agencies don't want to work with me. I'm too small. Um, then I'm like, okay, I need some sort of like software or something like that. Right. Like, cause that was my solution. So I use the software. I'm not going to mention them cause I don't, I don't want to like, you know, make, make them look bad. Um, but they like ruined all of my, my campaigns. Right. So I like took off the software after a month. I'm like, damn dude, like, well, you know, I was doing so well before the software. Now my spend is up, my sales is down. I don't know why. I don't know what they did. They just changed bids like crazy. So then I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, I just have to learn this better. And I studied and I studied and I just started applying and I'm like, okay, auto campaigns, breaking up the auto campaigns, you know, launching broad on its own. Because when I put broad with exact, like I noticed that the exact doesn't get the, you know, whatever. And I just kept iterating. And then finally, the day that I got fired from my job, I actually, uh, there was an Amazon meetup by Amazon in New York City. And Casper, like the mattress, their CMO was speaking and obviously talking about how amazing Amazon is. So I showed up there because they said that there was going to be experts from Amazon. Um, so I show up there. There's experts from Amazon, um, like, you know, talking. I, I walk up to uh, the Amazon uh, ads person, right? And I tell her, like, can I tell you my strategy? And, and like, tell me if it's good or, like, wh what I can do to improve. And by the way, my PPC sucked back then. Like, I wasn't, I mean, not that it sucked, but I wasn't making money. Like, I, I was making a little bit of money. I'm like, how can I be like these other people? So I told her my strategy and she's like, yeah, I mean, I think you're doing everything right, but maybe just go broader. And that was like the dude, like, you know, I'm in, I'm like in deep waters and like, there's no one uh, coming to get me. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. But that's the story, man. That's story time. Sorry if it was a little bit long. Well, I, I think a couple uh, observations. Number one, uh, <laughs> the Amazon business is far from passive income. People oh, have yeah. this passive <laughs> income dream just listening to all of that. Uh, if anything, it was active negative income at times. Yeah, always for a while, for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. Also, I was watching this documentary the other day on kind of the the drug trade and just how all that works. And I just had that visual of you like in your room, just like mixing supplements together and ironing <laughs> packages closed. Slinging whey protein at your, yeah. your apartment. <laughs> I was literally, I was, what I was doing. Yeah, it's truly a, a testament to you and just like a real case of ingenuity and just being creative and just sticking with something. That's that's pretty cool and story, drive. man. Yeah, that hustle and that drive is is 
really evident in that story. Um, but but also, Mina, I don't know if you are in our Discord group, but that sounds like something we have a that Amazon Ads podcast Discord server. Which are you familiar with Discord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in I'm in some Discord uh, groups. Yeah, let man, I'm I'm down. Yeah, we'll we'll let you in. You should also let uh you should let the whole uh you should shit around your trivium uh with all your employees. I bet I bet uh, a lot of them would would uh we would get yeah, a lot of value having having that yeah, yeah. just just knowledge sharing. But it sounds like kind of those Facebook groups you were you were talking about. Just that's why we created it. Uh, it's like a it's just like a free thing that Andrew and I just as we interact with other people, we're able to like throw ideas out there and have little kind of internal debates and discussions and share feedback. It's just been super valuable. But yeah, I mean, like from what I'm hearing from your story, just like the power of just knowledge and also grit and determination and just really a lot of the times what it sounds like is the answer is not out there. You got, you got to go find it yourself. Like you can certainly reach out yeah. and talk to people, but most of the time they don't know <laughs> or, or at yeah. least they don't know you or they don't know your business a lot of it is like you got to just kind of be um, a problem solver really is what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, like no one's going to care about your business more than you. So even if the, the answer is out there, you know, like another thing is you have to apply it uh, because it's like, you know, like how many of us like could look at, you know, YouTube videos and there's some guy giving you a diet and then you like you try the diet and it doesn't work. And it's because it's like it's so individual to your like business. So right. it's like take everything that you're learning and then apply it and then take notes. And then that's how you learn. And it's very specific to your own business. So it's like, it's not even like a lot of the times, like people come to us and they think like we're super experts and everything. And I'm like, dude, all I know is I'm going to test a million things like every day until we figure out what's working and what's not working. And right. you know, you could too. Like you just, it's hard. That's all. So that was, that was awesome hearing about just like kind of all the startup of, Try, trying to get a brand and a product going. And that was 2018 when there was less competition. So even now, coming off of everything you were mentioning with just these commoditized industries and just all these super cheap products coming in from overseas is way more difficult to, to launch now. Um, but but to kind of switch tracks a little bit, you know, in 2021, you started this agency, Trivium Group. And I'm curious there, just like what was kind of the key to that substantial growth because I started my agency ocean PPC in 2019 and I have one employee and <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. employee is Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, I have a couple, uh, I have, I have like some subcontractors, but also my, my goal with that was never really to like scale an agency just because for me, frankly, it was, I try to hire someone and they just don't get it. And so I'm like, okay, you're done. And then I hire someone else. It's like, ah, okay. They don't quite have it. Okay. Next. And that's, that's the issue I've had. And to the point where I'm just like, I would rather just kind of manage all these clients myself and just like enlist a, a, some subcontractors for some help with the heavy lifting. But for the most part, I, I frankly just don't trust other people with with my with my money, if you want to think about it that way, because um, these clients are, are money to me. So, so sorry, that was me. I, I'm trying to ask you a question in, in all of that. But, well, but just like I, I, I how, how you achieve that growth and yeah, the growing pains, what it's been like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so... The, the growth was essentially from uh, content marketing. Uh, and it wasn't like content marketing like I intended it to be content marketing. Like it wasn't kind of like strategic. It was more like I knew that I was going to go out there and add the most amount of value in on every platform that I could uh, expose myself to different audiences. Um, and then I would, I would say that I have an agency and I would make sure that, you know, I mentioned the name of the agency and the website. And then people came to me. 
And so, you know, there's obviously like two things, two parts of it. Part number one is sales and marketing. And part number two is like uh, operations and, and hiring. And again, like a lot of issues with those. But the, the early days, it was like, okay, I was doing one podcast a week. Um, you know, I was doing YouTube videos. I was doing, I was posting on, on Facebook and the Facebook groups. I was very active and whatever. And all it was, was I'm just giving as much value as possible, telling people exactly how to do what I'm doing. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, they're coming to us for like execution and, and, you know, so they can be the CEO, not the person who's in the day to day, um, of the PPC. So that was kind of, you know, obviously part of the growth, right. Which is like sales. Um, you know, marketing, when it came to like why we were able to sell is because I had this constant feedback loop. Number one, as a brand owner, I knew what I wanted and I wanted like to feel like I had my own team, not that I had like an agency. And I think that's the the Mm. thing that I still struggle with as like a business. Whenever I hire an agency, it, they feel so external. It it feels Mm. like us versus them. It feels like, Mm. um, I'm, I'm hunting you down for communication. I'm not getting enough strategy. Uh, it just all these things. And so I mm. made it like a point from the beginning is like, first of all, what do I want as a brand brand owner? And I wrote it all down. And then I, and then every brand that I worked with, I, I was always asking like, how can I be better? How can I be better? And I was like, okay, you know, maybe it's more updates, uh, better reporting, uh, easier to read, um, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so that resulted in like the sales process getting better because you would come, I would, you would come to me and I'd be like, okay, so here, you know, we're doing daily updates. So look, this is our reporting. This is how we communicate. This is this. And then some people, they had agencies where the agency would send emails. And I'm like, you know, we were in like Slack, like communicating daily. It felt like you had your own in-house team. So they're like, I'm definitely going to not do this like email agency and, and, you know, come work in Slack. Um, so that was a big part of it. So that enabled the sales. Then recruiting and, and, and um, operations was difficult. So the first person I ever hired, I hired for MMA Nutrition. They didn't know anything. So I'm like, yeah. And at the time, I don't think there was anyone that knew anything in, ter- in terms of like employees for PPC, right? It was like, if you knew PPC, you're a brand owner. Like, or, you know, you're one of those lucky people that got hired by a massive brand to learn PPC on their dime, right? And so I, I could never mm-hmm. afford you. So um, those were the only people out there. So I realized that and I said, okay, I just have to take what's in my brain and distill it. Um, but then I realized like, even though, even if I did that, it was still going to be tough for them to like perform the way that I need the, needed them. to. So I said, okay, how can I just reduce the time that it takes me to do my job? Well, okay, number one, they can do the, the, like gathering of the data and presenting it so I can make decisions. Number two, if I told them what to do in terms of like, okay, you know, like bulk sheet, lower the bids, you know, like lower, like main keywords, don't lower them. Anything, you know, that's above 85% or 80% ACOS, lowered by five cents. Anything that's, you know, profitable, let's say like one to 20% ACOS increase it by 10 cents. Um, You know, go into the search term report, negative anything that's like, you know, greater than 80% ACOS or more than $15 in no sales. So I would say those things and they would come to me with, with the like, or the one guy would come to me with the sheet done and said, here you go. Is it good to upload? I would be like, yeah, this is good to upload. And then they would upload it. So the strategy came from me and then, you know, uh, the, like they did the dirty work and then I did just the review and upload. So that like, that was pretty good for me to scale for a while. So 
um, with one person, you know, we were working like that and we were able to get to like maybe eight brands uh, because I was just coming up with all the strategy and they were just executing. And I, I just needed to spend, you know, a couple hours a week on strategy, right? Like, because you're just reviewing the data and you're like, okay, I know what the plan is going to be for this week. So then it was like, okay, that guy, now I need to build him up. And so instead of just, you know, saying like, okay, go do this. I'm like, what do you think we should do? And so he had seen the patterns enough where it's like, okay, now I know what I, I, I yeah. think we should do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, yeah, good. Go do it. I think we should do it. Yeah, that sounds good. Go do it. Then I think we should do yep. this. I'm like, mm, go get me X, Y, and Z and let's review it. Okay, no, you should do this. And so that person got yep. trained up. He later on got his friend uh, because, you know, I didn't have a hiring process. Uh, but then then I realized, okay, I need a, a pretty good hiring process. So I hired some people initially, had to let them go because I had a bad hiring process. So I improved it to be, okay, these are people that need to be intelligent. They need to work good in Excel. They need to communicate in English. So I started doing, okay, the, fir the first interview was going to be like a, an English test. The second interview was going to be an Excel test. The third interview was going to be like, you know, another test. And then if they passed all of this, then I would hire them. And... and so that, that became good. I was now hiring good people, but it was only through referrals. So I needed, okay, how do I scale this? And then I turned, I like, I hired one recruiter and I turned it into like a sales and marketing team, but for like employees. So I was like, we're going to make these job postings. We're going to make them look nice. You're going to post them in all the places. Um, and then later on, like we found some recruiters to also supplement, uh, you know, we started doing like, uh, reaching out on LinkedIn and all this stuff. But before it was like, we were posting in different Facebook groups, like for recruiting from Eastern Europe. We were posting on like, like LinkedIn um, and like Indeed and you know those places, and it just became a balance of like, you know, sales and marketing. You know, showing up to more uh, places, giving more value. People come to me. Uh, I'm offering something better than what's outside, right? Like, you know, people come and they have complaints and they're like, "Well, I feel like this agency didn't come to me with strategy." So I'm like, "Okay, guys." On day one, when we onboard someone, you have to lay out a full strategy for, them for like the next like 90 days. And then every 90 days, you're going to say, now this is the new strategy. So it was like that iteration plus the hiring and the operations consistent that resulted in like the agency growing. And how does it look now? How does it look now compared to when it was like then in terms of your your hiring and training process? I know you, you kind of alluded to it and, and you created a sales and marketing team for hiring people, which is pretty cool way of looking at it. How's like your training system developed over, over the years and uh, how have you refined that even more? Oh, dude, it's next level now. Like it's, it's, uh, it's crazy like how far we've come, but um, our training is different. So our recruiting is essentially now the same, just more rigid. Um, it's like if I let you into the company, you have to be an A player. I made the mistake in the past um, and, you know, and that's I think was one of my biggest mistakes was I just let people into the company because they – you know, fit some boxes and someone under me had said that they were a good candidate, but I should have like had the final interview. I should have felt that vibe. Like, are you going to be, you know, like a, a complainer and negative like person or whatever, like, you know, or are you a problem solver, a hustler, like whatever it takes type of person and have the skills. So, you know, it's just now we have harder tests. We're still hiring the same recruiters posting everywhere. We're starting to run some ads uh, on Facebook for hiring, like things like that, you know, um, doing outbound, like outreach to people who have like that name, like PPC manager, or whatever, in their job title. In terms of training, they come in. We have 
like a day, an hour by hour calendar. And I learned this from like four media. They're, they're now bad marketing, uh, but they have an hour by hour, uh, like, you know, 8 a.m. 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. You're you're having you know a, a like a huddle with your you know chat person who you're shadowing. 9 to 11, you're working on these chapters in this. And then, as like there before, it was like uh, for PPC, it was like you have to train on exactly how to do PPC, and you'd have to take tests and then pass, and then you have to shadow someone, and then basically you become their assistant. And then when they tell us like this person is doing everything right and they're coming up with good strategy, then you get promoted. Now we're able to find talent. Like the aggregators let go of like hundreds of, you know, people who already know PPC. So now they come in and all they have to do is just like absorb the Trivium way, which is, you know, how we run ads, how we think we only, you either scale or you optimize, you know, that you either, you, you're driving traffic and then that traffic, there's a certain cook third conversion rate, and that's you know what's gonna you know create your sales. And so they understand all of the concepts that I preach, uh, and that you know, and that we have a trivium. And then they're like, okay, we understand this. Then they're put on as an assistant to someone. Uh, they're basically assisting them. Uh, you know, so like this person is like, I'm gonna lay the strategy. You're gonna do the the work. Cool. Uh, okay, you tell me now what's the strategy. Perfect. And then there's like a pod leader, obviously that that's uh, like a team leader that's making sure their work is good. And then after that, they start handling their own brands. Now that we, and, and I think the biggest thing for us is not training. Like now it's like, it'll take us like a few days, maybe a week for them to get, for us to get them into the like trivium way of doing ads. Um, you know, cause we're also always adding strategy and we're telling you like, you know, our, there's systems and everything for all the different strategies. But the, the main thing is how are you communicating with clients? Like, is it like a, Four Seasons, you know, St. Regis experience when you when the client comes in, they love you like you're talking to them like a person like so many times like you're onboarding with an agency and they're just like and you're like, dude, this is a robot uh, versus like, you know, how we're talking. And, and I'm like, yeah, I know Andrew, Andrew, like I know Steven, they're my friends. That's like the relationship we're trying to build. Um, and that's like the hardest part. Like and that's the one thing that I wasn't testing for, which is emotional intelligence, which now I am. It's a big one for sure. Yeah, extremely difficult to find people who I I think it's like a triangle. Um, you know, people always talk about like a trilemma. You can only have two of the three, and I think yeah. with with being like a, a good advertising manager, Amazon manager, you need to be like you got to be mathematically analytically minded, but you also need to be very creative, which those are kind of two different sides of the brain, and then you also have to be like a salesman and like good emotional intelligence. Uh, yeah. and to have all three of those, it's like, they don't really exist. I mean, they do, but it's like a very small percentage of the, of the world. Yeah. And it's so difficult to find somebody who's got all three. Uh, and I think that's part of why I, I typically can't, <laughs> I haven't been able to yeah, hire anyone. You're, you're, you're that like 1% of the world, right? So you're like, you're like, if you don't find another person, um, so you just have, you have to come up with a solution, you know? And I, I wish I have this solution, right? But we're still, you know, figuring it out. Like part of it is you know, we, we have like a senior level person who is that like, you know, salesperson. Right. And, and you right. Know, maybe, yeah, it's so like, like a pod structure. Exactly. And so that they're coming in and they're doing a little bit more, but it's like, eventually I do need to figure out a way where the people who are, you know, running the strategy and doing the, the work, like the mathematical work are also good people, uh, you know, people, people. Yeah. We, we had a, an interview with Elizabeth green, you know, I'm sure you know who she is. But she was she was sharing that 
she used to not be a people person. She used to be the quietest person in the room and really shy and all these things. And she just had to like kind of start putting herself out there and just pick up that skill. And I think that's that's hopefully encouraging for a lot of people to, to see that that skill can be learned because I am the opposite. I've always been the loudest person in their room <laughs> growing not, up. So um, yeah, yeah it's, all, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely something that you can change because I was kind of the same too. I was not uh, loud uh, until like maybe ninth grade. Like before ninth grade, yeah. I was incredibly shy, especially like when I was younger. And then, yeah, something like changed. And then I, you know, I became like more of a, a people person. Yeah. Um, Andrew, did you have any other questions from anything else that we were just, just talking about before we get? No, I don't think so, man. I, I think that was, that was really comprehensive and good. I, I really enjoyed that conversation um, and hearing, hearing about your story, man. That's, that's a lot of detail that we went into. Um, got to hear all the grit and wisdoms that, that have kind of come out of a, a really cool journey. So, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. yeah it it think- is very, yeah, it's very unfortunate that we can't, uh, just talk to you for, you know, eight hours. I just keep sharing. Cause I think just the wealth of knowledge, uh, which it's crazy just how much you've learned really since 2018, just, it, you know, it's kind of like your Amazon experience has been in, in dog years and one year is like seven years of knowledge, you know? <laughs> That's how it feels, man. It feels, like, it feels yeah. like I started like 20 years ago in this Amazon space. Can you believe it's going to be 2024 soon? So man, sure. I, like, I can't believe that 2020, like COVID was four years ago. It's just, it I know. It's insane. But I mean, why don't we, uh, before we wrap up here, why don't you just give everyone kind of just some, you know, parting, parting, it, it, parting piece of advice until we meet again because i'm sure we'll have you back on in the future especially for some debates if not for just some some more interviews like this one but what's maybe something you would just kind of give to anyone out there most of our audience they are advertising managers there's a few brand owners a lot of freelancers a couple of people working at agencies so it's it's a wide array of audiences but what's something you would kind of tell them maybe more specific to just like kind of the general amazon advertising side of things any kind of parting wisdom yeah yeah i mean if the majority is like people in the in the PVC space, like uh, service providers, I would say, um, like the the biggest thing that you can do is be super in tune with your like customers. Like ask, like I, I mean, I've seen so many agencies go down and so many freelancers uh, like not succeed because I'm gonna tell you this, bro. When I started MMA Nutrition, I started uh, like an MMA supplements company, and I'm not kidding. Uh, the the number Two most purchased product when people purchase my product is lingerie. My demographics right. are women like age like 35 to 55. So if you're not listening to your customer, if you think, you know, people want something one way because you think like, you know, it's it's the right thing, uh, but they want it a different way. And and by the way, like this goes down to like uh, the individual level. So each customer that we have, like each client that we have, I'm like, how do you want to be communicated with? you know, how do you, what do you like? What do you not like? And so I think that's like, it's going to be your superpower because it, you're just going to constantly adapt and become more desirable by the person that you're trying to serve. And you're going to win that way. And, and at the end of the day, like, it's not about like doing the best PPC. It's like about providing the best solution for the person that you're serving. Uh, like that's pretty much it. So it, whatever they want, that's what you have to give them. Yeah. And how do you like just just one one follow up to that? I know we're trying to wrap up here, but that was that brought up a question. How do you scale that then if if it's like everything is completely customized? Like certainly there has to be some sort of like rigidity and 
in like systemization of maybe let's say reporting or something like that? Or are you like customizing within how you're doing the reporting and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, it's like 1% better every day, right? Like, so it's like, you know, I'm doing one thing and then I'm, I'm surveying all of my customers and they're like, you know, we want this, this, and this. So I'm like, okay, how can I just be a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And it's going to get closer and closer. Obviously like true customization is if I, if I'm basically going to tell them like, Hey, you guys are paying like an additional fee so I can have one individual person added to your team to do X, Y, and Z, which is, you know, not that scalable, but at the end of the day, like instead of thinking about like, how is that scale? You just think about like, how can you improve 1% better? Like right now and just keep asking yourself that question. And it, inevitably like you'll get there. Like, and, and when you look back, you're like, holy shit, we actually accomplished it. But it was, you know, it's the, the end solution doesn't need to be there. Uh, it just needs to be like 1% better every day. Love that. Awesome. And Mina, where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? People have questions or want to learn more about Trivium Group? Yeah. So uh, my name is Mina Elias. You'll find me on Instagram at the Mina Elias. LinkedIn is Mina Elias. And then the website is uh, TriviumCo.com. Awesome. We will put all of that in the description of the podcast so people can find those links. And then kind of just last things for, for all of our listeners, make sure if you're not already in the Discord group, you join it. Uh, Mina, hopefully we can get some people from the Trivium group joining in there and giving their thoughts. I'm sure that, that'd be awesome. And then by the time this episode airs, we do not know exactly where the, the state of Ad Labs, our PPC uh, sponsored products bidding optimizer will be. But I can tell you, we announced the launch on LinkedIn 24 hours ago, and we currently have 100 people subscribed on the wait list with um, over $10 million in ad spend of those interested using ad labs. So the wait list is first come, first serve. So if you want to reserve your spot on there, because obviously it's kind of just me and Andrew handling all the customer support and we can't take on everyone at once. So we're taking people in on small batches. So if you're interested, make sure you join the wait list. We'll be linking that as well. And uh, maybe Mina, we can, I think we were talking before we hit record, us three all grabbing dinner in, in LA this this Friday. Yeah. So hopefully we can. And, and, and if I like it, I'll, I'll help you guys scale, you know, so you're not doing all of the customer service yourself. Perfect. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. You give it, yeah. I, was, I was thinking another podcast episode will have to be specifically like customer service. Yeah. I think mm. it I mean, would be a really listen, good discussion. It, if you guys want me to talk about like only agency stuff, like next time, I'm happy to share everything. Yeah, awesome. Well, we are we're out of time. Andrew's running late to a meeting here. So I gotta, we gotta run. <laughs> we gotta wrap this up. But thanks again, Mina, for coming on, and everyone else. Make sure you like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.